everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we will be discussing Eusebia, or reverence and duty towards the gods. Now, keep in mind that Eusebia was so revered and so vital to the worship and religion of the ancient Greeks that she became a personified spirit who was married to Nomos, the law, and had a child. This already sets aside this particular pillar from the others. As a being, Eusebia was the personified spirit of piety, loyalty, duty, and filial respect. However, I haven't quite gotten to the point where we're discussing deities or personifications, so mostly all of today we'll be focused on talking about what Eusebia is as a concept and how we can practice it as a modern worshiper. Now, so far, we've talked a lot about our relationships with the many deities we worship. We've talked about offerings and karis, we've talked about the humility we should approach them with, and we've talked about the respect we should bring with us whenever we approach them. All of that goes into Eusebia. Eusebia is about reverence towards the Theoi, and that reverence is where I've noticed a lot of modern worshippers tend to falter. There is nothing wrong with making a joke about some of the Theoi sometimes. I don't know if anybody has heard the one about Hermes being the only one, the only god, to pay his worshippers for their worship. You know, the one where people are noticing that there's coins falling out of their hair and on the ground and out of coffee tins and on the train, and they're just going, what the hell is going on? And Hermes is sitting up there, looking at him, cackling, going, be thankful. No other god will pay you for your worship. So I always kind of like using Hermes as an example of a deity that a lot of worshipers are fairly casual with. He is, in my experience, one of the more easygoing deities. He's the type of god that puts a train on every track between your home and work on the only morning you're running late for the last six months, just to get a message across to you. He's a prankster, a jokester, and still deserves the same degree of reverence as every other deity. Just because you can laugh with him does not mean that he is not revered by you. After all, he's also the shepherd of the dead, the one who guides their souls. He is the god of travel, of languages, of luck, of communication, and like a thousand other things. It is not reverent to attempt to speak for the Theoi. It is not reverent to make up bullshit facts about a specific goddess to say that she would be on your side of an online discourse. Hell, it's not reverent to make up a bullshit goddess, somebody that doesn't exist. It is not reverent to leave a deity out of your worship because you don't like how one of the interpretations of one of the myths portray that deity. It's not reverent to drag the Theoi down to a level of an online personality. They are gods and goddesses and titans, and they deserve to be revered as such. By virtue of what they are, they deserve the worship and offerings and the rituals that we engage in. Impiety was frowned upon by the ancient Greeks a lot 
and should continue to be frowned upon today. It has never been acceptable to treat the theoi like accessories, to be tried on and discarded whenever you don't have enough time to engage with them. You find time, you make time, in whatever way that you can. And it doesn't have to be a big, huge ritual thing. It can be a prayer, a lit candle, some incense, a quick offering, quick libation. The theoi deserve worship. Now, just like with some of the other pillars, the ancient Greeks knew that there was such a thing as being too pious. There were people, even then, who spent too much time praying and too much time fearing the theoi, and they were constantly sure that they had done something to offend the theoi, and so spent even more time praying, offering, and attending to the temples. This vicious circle, this excess fear, or, and I know I'm going to butcher this word, but I'm going to try my hardest, Deesi daemonia was a sign of taking Eusebia too far. It was understood that a person should be mindful of the theoi and take an appropriate amount of time and give the appropriate offerings. This also included attending and participating in the appropriate rituals and festivals. Now, Eusebia also means understanding why we do the things we do. Why do we give these particular offerings? Why are offerings for, and again, I know I'm going to butcher these two words, so please go look at the transcript. If you don't know what I'm saying, I'm going to try, but I'm a phonetic reader, and I'm not good at this. So the question would be, why are offerings for Chthonic and Oranic deities different? What are the reasons behind certain rituals? What are the reasons behind traditional offerings? Eusebia means understanding these things, having the answers to these questions, and not just blindly following a traditional path. It's important to understand the reason why. And so, Eusebia means taking the time to research your beliefs. If you have questions, put in the work to answer them. This can also definitely include asking others to a point. We are a community, so if you have questions, reach out. Ask people, why are coins such a common offering to Hermes? Find a book in the library about the life of the people of ancient Greece because the way they lived and their religion were so intertwined that they were not separate. It wasn't a religion and a way of living. It was both. So put in the effort to research. I mean, Put in the effort to create your own calendar with your own rituals and holidays. Take the time to understand why, to research your deities and understand what they might ask of you and why they would ask it. All too often, I've seen popular bloggers and authors in the community ask the same question a hundred times because the idea of taking the time to do your own research is apparently so distasteful to people. That's why I said, you know, you can ask people, but to a point, it's important to take the time to do the research and understand yourself. You can always ask for guidance. You can always ask for a helping hand. But at the end of the day, you should never just trust people blindly. It's also important to remember, as a part of Eusebia, that the theoi are not roommates or friends or accessories. They are deities. 
They are gods and goddesses and titans and spirits, and by virtue of what they are, they deserve our devotion. I've always seen Hellenic polytheism as a simpler path than Christianity, at least for me. We don't have a single, omniscient, all-powerful God that offers a set of rules that must be followed or else we'll suffer for all eternity. That's not how Hellenic polytheism works. We worship our gods in our own way and at our own pace. Hellenic polytheism is a very personable religion. Everything about it, from hymns to holidays to rituals to altars to offerings, everything, is unique to each individual practitioner. But on the flip side, that means we don't have a holy book to draw from. That means we don't have a set of authority figures that we have to listen to. We alone are responsible for our own piety. We are responsible for our own worship. We are responsible for our own research. And we are responsible for our own devoutness. We are responsible for ourselves. And that's what Eusebia is and why it gets set up as a pillar of Hellenic polytheism. It is a vital component of our religious practice to not only take time to do the worship, but to know how and why we worship the way we do. It is necessary to show the theoi the respect they are due by virtue of their very being. It is necessary to speak about them with reverence, to be loyal, to not use them as talking points or spell ingredients. It is necessary to take the time to do the research, to understand the whys, to understand the rituals we take part in when we light incense or offer up a prayer or use an epithet or recite a homeric hymn. This isn't a religion where you can just go through the motions and expect everything to be okay. We have to put the proper amount of reverence into our actions. We have to be devout and loyal and have a healthy amount of respect for, well, a healthy amount of respect and fear towards these beings who we worship and who take the time to guide us on our way. It is necessary to be humble and to understand what we are doing in worshiping the Theoi. I don't know about anyone else, but when I pray, when I light incense, or a candle, or wrap my hands around a set of prayer beads, when I take the time, I've never felt so at peace. That feeling, that love and devotion and serenity, that's the feeling of Eusebia. Next time you get to that point, when you feel that, take the time to focus on that feeling and harness it. Meditate on it. That's the feeling you should draw on when you think of Eusebia and how to interact with the Theoi, those beings that we worship as Hellenic polytheists. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we discussed Eusebia. For my sources today, I used the books Greek Religion by Walter Burkett, found on the Internet Archive. I also used the book Greek Religion Sorry, I also used the book The Greek Way by Edith Hamilton. And I used Barring the Aegis and Elanian's posting on Eusebia as well. 
Remember, you can find links to the sources as well as a transcript of today's episode on my Tumblr at goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com. You can always also reach me there as well with any questions. Now, don't forget to tune into the next episode on November 1st, which will be the last one discussing the pillars of Hellenic polytheism. So we're coming up on that final pillar, Hagnia. I look forward to seeing you all then.